Okay, you want to grab, we're just going to get into the word this morning. Heavenly Father, I just thank you that we are here, we're gathered. Um, Father, I just pray that um, as we come to meet, that we come to meet under you. And Father, we just pray that we want to seek your presence. Uh, Father, we can't do this life without being with you and in your presence. Uh, Father, as we do this journey of life, I pray that we'll continue to draw from you more and more. You are living water, uh, Father. And so I just pray as we, as we get empty sometimes, Father, that we would draw not in other things. Uh, Father, we would draw in you. We would draw out of you, uh, Father, because that is where uh, the living water is. In Jesus' name, amen. So for those that weren't here last week, we, we are doing a, a series on the journey of salvation. And last week I talked about how salvation is not just an event, a one-off event. Um, you know, we hear often you get the sinner's prayer and someone gets up the front and, and you know, you give your heart to Christ and that's it. And I, that, that is part of the journey, but that's not the full journey. It's not just a one-off event. It's an ongoing journey. And so we talked about how salvation is, yes, being saved. Uh, that's, that's the journey. We are saved, we are being saved, and we will be saved when we die and we, we go to heaven. So there, there is a part of the journey. And, and this journey, and you could call it the journey of sanctification, you can call, call it the journey of process if you want to call it, but the journey is towards Christ. And, and salvation starts with an open heart, and it's, it's pointing towards Jesus. That's what salvation starts. And we keep our hearts towards Jesus, and every day He is saving us, taking us away from our old life, which is the worldly life, to now being a son and daughter of Christ. And it doesn't just, it's, it's, it's an ongoing journey. It's the closer we grow to Christ, the more we feel like we belong to the family. And last week, we talked about identity. And so through this journey, because I want us to step back. I don't know if you've ever done that. If you look back over your life and you just stood back and just, just thought about your life, and then just start to think about what Christ has done through that life. And I'm sure there have been downs. You've had some hard, hard things that you've gone through. But I'm sure there have been some ups. And you've seen how Christ has shaped and molded and changed you. And I think it's good to just reflect and look back. And, um, but then we need to look ahead. And we need to, you know, sometimes we can get stuck in the past. Now, it's good to reflect on the past, but we shouldn't be stuck in the past. We should be looking ahead and going, okay, God, what are you trying to change in me? What are you trying to shape in me? And part of that journey is knowing our identity. As we go on the journey of Christ and towards Him, we should feel like as we grow closer that we belong to the family. And identity is a big part of this journey. Uh, the more we know Jesus, the more our identity should be secure and firm. And we talked about how the world has twisted identity. Uh, it's, it's made identity a destiny, security, identity. But Christian way is identity, security, and destiny. So it's not about who we are. It's, well, it is about who we are, but often we try and find our identity within ourselves. That's not the right thing to do. We don't find it within ourselves. The question should be, who do you belong to? Well, whose are you? Your identity is based on who you identify with. And so as Christians, we identify with who? The Father. 
our identity is in Christ. And so we belong to the family. We often in the West look at, uh, you know, identity through individualistic eyes, where we should be looking at it as a collective. We should be looking at it as a family. And now that we belong to God's family, we are part of His family. He is our Father, the Father of power. He is a King. And so we need to stop putting our identity in our careers and our family and, and the things that we do and we put our identity in him and his kingdom our god we belong to the creator and scripture says it very clearly it says that we no longer belong to ourselves multiple times it says that in scripture we no longer belong to ourselves jesus says we need to die to ourselves because now no longer i shall live but christ lives in me we now dwell in the Father's family, in His house. And that's the beauty thing. And, and so as this journey of salvation goes from our old life to our new life, we should feel like we belong to the family. It's only the devil that tries to take us away from God's family. Today I want to talk about, on this journey of salvation, uh, is how we are put to the test. How we are put to the test. The journey of life, the journey of salvation, we are going to be put to the test. And it was amazing as I was praying and thinking about this and reading Scripture, how incredible it was just, it was just throughout Scripture, the test. People being putting through the test. Proverbs 17 verse 3 says, Fire tests the purity of silver and gold, but the Lord tests the heart. 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 4 says, on the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please people, but God who tests our hearts. I don't know if you've watched SAS Australia, and they're all, it's all across the, the world. Um, I remember actually when it first came out, it was, it was based in England. And if you don't know much about this show, uh, the show is about putting people in survival situations. And really, it's a test. And in this test, this brings out the best and the worst of people. And, and I, I actually I think it's interesting watching people, how they react when they have to go through a survival situation. We see who they are, what they love, how far they're willing to trust someone. See, pressure brings a lot to the surface. Pressure brings a lot to the surface and the purpose of these 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 shows and military training is designed exactly to do that to put pressure on these people to see if they are willing to make it or break it. and and because they're going to go into situations in 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 war where they're going to be put to the pressure and and they need people that are going to make it if they break they won't be able to go into the next step and I just love this because it strips away all the pretense and exposes what's really in you. See what you're made of. And so they put these people in back country. They put them in comfort zones. They, they uh, sleep deprive them. They, um, they can't eat food. And, and they push them past their normal limits. And what comes out is sometimes things I'm sure the, they wouldn't like the world to see. And I think in, the, in, our, in our comfort, it's very easy 
to put on a brave face when things are easy. But when we are put under pressure, this is when we're going to see people's true hearts. I wonder what we would be like if we were put to the test, if we were put in these situations. I wonder, I want you to think about that. What would you be like in those situations? How would you go? Well, in fact, in Scripture, we find countless examples of people being tested, probably tested even more than when we see on, on this show. You know, I've been reading uh, recently uh, Job. And I know Job is a, a very hard text to really understand and, and go through. And I always have this question, because, you know, here it says God who tests our hearts. Is it God testing us or is it the devil? Something that I'm, I've, I've tried to wrestle with. And what I've come to as I was praying through this message and, you, and you'll see this in Job, and I'll, I'll read it to you. It says, Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied. Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But now, stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, and he'll surely curse you to your face. Then the Lord said to Satan, Very well then, everything he has is in your power, but on the man himself do not lay a finger. Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. And if you know the story, uh, Job, everything's been taken from him. Everything. Family, his livestock. And, and you'll see throughout this whole passage, his friends come to him and trying to be good, they, they try and work out what he's done wrong. You know, often I think that's our thought pattern that if I'm getting punished for something, I've done something wrong. But Job quite clearly hadn't done anything wrong. And so I guess the question is here, was it Satan or God putting him to the test? Putting Job to the test. Because it does say here, but now stretch out your hand. He's this is the devil talking to the God. But now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has and he'll surely curse you to your face. This is, this is Satan. And then we see Satan, but he's the one that says, then the Lord said to Satan, very well then, everything he has in your power, but on the man himself do not lay a finger. I'm not going to sit here. I think clearly we know that Satan is doing the, the, the evil things to Job, but we know that God allows it. Now, does that mean everything is Satan and everything is... Sometimes it is Satan. It is the devil. Sometimes it's circumstance, the world we live in. And sometimes it's God. And I'm not going to tell you every situation that you've been through is a God, circumstance, or the devil. That's something you need to work out. But what I do know is that in every circumstance, every situation the devil is tempting us, God is testing us even though he's not the one maybe doing it. And the reason why I say that, because the Hebrew and Greek word here for test can also mean examine. I don't know if you, I'm sure many of you have done a test at school. Not one of my uh, fondest memories of school. 
not, not something I enjoyed. But I remember that you would get given this test and there would be examiners and often the examiners weren't the ones often giving the test. You know, and I, I was thinking about my son. Do you know, I'm always, always testing my son. I'm always examining him. And so what I see is when he, you know, for example, he's playing with someone and the friend might take something or it's about sharing, I'm testing him to see how he'll respond in that situation. Am I the one putting him to the test? No. I'm just seeing how he's going to respond. And I feel like that's what God does with us. Sometimes we're going through tests where the enemy is actually brought upon us or a circumstance, and God is testing us to see how we respond from the situation. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Trying to understand. And so, and for, for, you know, Tom at times is going to let me down. He's going to fail the test. But what do I do when he fails? I teach him. You know, I show him how to respond. And, and I know being, being in class and being in school, I know teachers, when I fail the test, they would do the same thing. They want to see us succeed. They want us to see us do well. And God, our Father, who loves us more than anyone else does, He wants to see us succeed. And so when we fail, and we are going to fail him many times, can I just say. He teaches us. He walks with us. And, and we're going to have many times where we're going to go through this test and we're going to fail. But my heart is, as we go on this journey, we are going to eventually succeed in passing these tests. If you continue failing and failing and failing, I want to ask you, are you allowing God to teach you? Are you listening to his guidance? Are you letting him walk with you and correct you? If you're not, well, maybe your heart is not centered on Christ. 1 Peter 1 verse 7 says, Your faith will be like gold that has been tested in a fire. And these trials will prove that your faith is worth much more than gold that can be destroyed. They will show that you will be given praise, honor, and glory when Jesus Christ returns. James 1, the two to forces, consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters, wherever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And then James 1, verse 12 says, God will bless you if you don't give up when your faith is being tested. He will reward you with a glorious life, just as He rewards everyone who loves Him. Being tested by God is simply being part of a process of becoming more like Him. That is part of this journey. He is changing our hearts to become more like Him. And the more we lean into Him, the more grace He can pour on us. You know, I, I remember growing up, um, when I was walking with new believers, I was always taught to warn a new believer that they will be tested by the devil. And because it is true, as we go on this journey of Christ, the devil is going to want to take us off this journey. You know, he tries to, to, to put us in, and focus on things that are not God's. 
And so we can start the journey of salvation, but we can easily fall off the journey of salvation. We can start putting our eyes on other things. And so I feel like why God puts us through these things because He wants to strengthen our faith. I don't know if you've ever seen, we've been watching um, storms. We've been watching volcanoes and how they come about. And um, But I was watching tornadoes and, and just the incredible force of a tornado and just seeing how they rip these houses apart. But you know what was still standing? Trees. It's incredible. You just see these trees that are like going and surviving. And I feel like that's what God is doing with us. I don't know if you ever knew, um, I'm sure Nicole, because she loves houseplants. You love houseplants. She'll be able to tell you that actually houseplants are very unstable. You know why? Because they've had no winds, no storms to actually resilient, make it resilient. Is that true, Ryan? He's a, he's a landscaper. Maybe I've just got a little bit. I'll just make it up as I go. Good story. That's why I actually say with houseplants, you should shake them a bit to, to build their resilience. So outside plants are actually more resilient because they've been in the wind. They've been in a storm. And I feel like that's what people are like. You know, if you see someone that's been very privileged and lived in a, um, a rich house and comforts of the world, and as soon as you put them through something challenging... They crumble. But the ones that have grown up through a hard life often seem to be more resilient. Can you see what I'm trying to say here? God puts us through these tests to make us more resilient, to, to strengthen our faith, to develop our faith. And I, I believe he does this in three ways. There are three tests. I'm sure there are many tests, but there are three tests that I see in Scripture that are very common. And I want to share them with you today. And these are the three ways that we will be tested. Obedience, integrity, and fire. Obedience, integrity, and fire. These are the three tests that I believe we go through in our journey. Now, I know we just did a whole series on obedience, but I just want to come back and, and remind you the importance of obedience in Christ. And, and Rach brought this to my attention and and I've just been meditating on it a lot over the last few weeks. But uh, she was reading Luke 11, 27 to 28. And it said this, As Jesus was saying these things, a woman in the crowd called out, Blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. Jesus replied, Blessed rather those who hear the word of God and obey it. Wow. Ouch. I don't know if you've ever read that that before, but how much of the people in our world think that, you know, our focus should be just to be a mother or to be a father. And that's the most blessed thing you could ever be. And you know what? That is an incredible thing. That is a good thing. But what's even greater is being obedient to God, to listening to Him. If you want to raise your children to be followers of Christ, the focus is to be obedient to God yourself. To obey His commands. I can guarantee you, if you have your whole heart and directed towards Him, He'll have a family with you that is unified and will follow you because your heart is Christ. And, and I can tell you that my parents, the reason why I follow Christ is because they were honored to be obedient to God. 
and everything they did. I saw their faith in action. But this is what's most important. A mother is a great thing, but the, the blessed are those who hear the word and God and obey it. And all through Scripture, we see examples of obedience. You know, we see from the beginning from Adam where he fails in obedience all the way to, the, to Revelation where it talks about obedience, who are the ones that are going to obey in the end. It's through our Scripture, Abraham, Noah, Moses, Job, Peter walking on the water. These are all acts of obedience. You know, and there are some crazy things of obedience. Sometimes I think as Christians, we think that obedience is, should be an easy thing. It, can I tell you, God gets us to do things that are crazy and hard. I don't know about you, but when you think of obedience, Abraham and Isaac, can you imagine God telling you to take your son and sacrifice him? This is a test of obedience. You know, there, there are many examples where uh, some are called to, uh, I think it's Jeremiah's call, God calls him to lie on the ground for 20 days. The test of obedience. And the reason why he does this is because he wants to see if we're willing to follow him. Are we going to trust him no matter the cost? You know, Jesus told his disciples to obey everything I have commanded. Do you know there are over 300 commands of Christ in Scripture? And he calls us to obey everything. John 15, 10 says, If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commandments and remained in his love. You know, people ask, uh, what is God's will for my life? I hear this question many times. You know, God's will is that we would follow Jesus and obey his commands. That's our will. These commands show that we love him and we are going to follow him no matter the cost. And when we do that, when we follow Jesus, we are walking in his will. That's the will of God on your life. Obedience is where it brings freedom because the heart of obedience is that we would become more like Christ. See, Jesus, his purpose was, and we just read it then, that he himself kept the Father's commandments. And that's where we see his journey as he follows. It's the same journey for us. And as we go along this journey, we're learning how to follow Jesus and obey his commandments. And as we do it more and as we understand, we're going to fail. Of course we're going to fail. But the more we do, the more we become like Christ, the more we understand. And, and, and this is how we actually stay in his love. You know, love drives out fear. I wonder if we would, you know, those that have fear or let fear overcome them, I wonder if we just listen to God's commandments and obey them, that maybe we overcome that fear. Because that's how we stay in God's love. That's what Scripture says. Sometimes we just got to go, you know what? I know that's what the fear is, but I'm going to trust you, God. I'm going to obey you. Jeremiah 7 verse 23 is, Obey me and I'll obey your God and you will be my people. Walk in obedience to all I command you, that it may go well with you. So the first test is the obedience test. How are you going with that? The second one is the integrity test. I want to ask you this question. What do you like behind closed doors? Does what you say 
back up what you do. You know, it's easy to put on a strong face and look good and but can I tell you what are you like when you're at home? Now we may not see it, but God does. God knows what you're doing. He sees what you're doing. And and this is something that uh, is important to understand because integrity is about being honest. And I feel like social media has put this false idea that I've got to look perfect in front of people. When actually, when they're at home, deep down, they're, they're broken. They're hurt. And it is messing up integrity. You know, and it just reminds me of the, the, the religious leaders, the, the Pharisees, when Jesus um, says to them, Matthew 6, verse 6, but when you pray... Go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. See, the religious leaders were out the front telling how, you know, how much they pray and how much they fast. And you know, I think as Christians, we, we want to look good and we want people to recognize us. But God, He really cares about what you're doing behind closed doors. Do you have a genuine relationship with Him? Are you spending time with Him? You can look good on the stage. You know, you can look good in front of people, but it's actually what you're like behind closed doors where people don't see you. That's who you really are. And I, I, I believe that we've got to stop putting this facade on and be honest with ourselves. I don't know if you've ever... Uh, just, and just, I think God is always putting us to test with integrity. And they can be small things. Sometimes I think we think integrity is such a big thing. But sometimes they're small things. You know, sometimes it can be as simple as when someone gives you the wrong change. Are you giving the right change back? That's a small thing, but God sees it. They may not know. I don't know if you've ever watched, and this may be a bit old school, but uh, Blockbuster. I don't know if you've ever, you know, I used to hire DVDs from Blockbuster. Yeah, yeah. And you get these DVDs and you put it in, and what was the first thing that popped up on these DVDs? Piracy. You wouldn't steal a car. You wouldn't steal a handbag. Now, we may all laugh about this, but can I tell you the stats for people stealing uh, movies online and music is just incredible. And again, no one in this room will know, but God knows. You know, that's these, these are the little integrity tests that God is doing to shape us. And you, this may be small things, but I can guarantee if you're doing the small things, there are big things that you're doing as well. You know, one of the craziest integrity tests that I've seen that in Scripture, which scares me every time I read it, is when we, we read about Ananias and Sapphira. You know, in Acts 5, I, I won't go through the whole lot, but pretty much what happened is that Ananias and Sapphira uh, sold a piece of their property, and with his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself and then brought the rest to, to put at the apostles' feet. And what they do is they lied. So it's not actually about, you know, the disciples didn't have to give everything, but it was the integrity, the honesty that they missed. And Peter says, and Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? 
didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And, and, and what we see is actually Ananias and Sapphira dropped dead because of this, because of their integrity. Now, I'm not saying that's God's going to do that. He could. I know it's crazy to think that, but when I read this, I'm like, God can do these things. And I'm not here to put fear into your life. What I'm saying is when, when an integrity test comes, are you going to be honest? Are you going to pass this test that God puts in? And only maybe God and the Holy Spirit knows. No one else will know. It's important that we're about, we belong to God's family. This is about our identity. This is who we belong to. This is who we represent. We represent God. We are a child. We are a son and a God because God is a, is a, he's, he is an honest God. And He wants us to be integrity-based. The third test is the fire test. You know, I, I put this one in because this is a test that we can't often control, but we can control how we respond. And why I call it the fire test, because I don't know if you've ever uh, read about how fi- uh, silver and gold, uh, we'll just put a picture up, how silver and gold is refined. And what they do is they put the, the silver gold into the, the, the fiery furnace. And I, again, this is like pressure. They put pressure in. And what happens is, um, and then obviously after that process, they put some chemicals and it brings the impurities to the surface to make the gold pure or the silver pure. And I feel like this is what God does when we go through suffering. When we go through hard things circumstances that God is trying to shape and mold us and so often when we come into these pressure moments we all want to run but I want to challenge you maybe God is trying to teach you something maybe he's trying to shape your character do you know scripture says in Romans 5 suffering produces perseverance perseverance character and character hope and so when he puts us through these situations because we're going to face them. Now, can I be honest, in the West, we're pretty lucky. We don't, we don't face as much suffering that we see often that we hear is going on in the Middle East and these other countries, even the war that's going on in Russia and Ukraine. The people are going through suffering, not like we are. But I, I want to say in this world that we live in, there is suffering going on all the time because we live in a broken world. And God is testing us to see how we respond. And the hope of this is that through this process, we're going to become more like Him. He's going to shape us. And can I tell you, I've been through some situations in my life, uh, Rachel and I have been, and, and as I look back, I have realized how much it's shaped me and molded my character to become more like Christ. Now, I'll give you two examples um, when my father passed away from cancer. Can I tell you, that was a really hard time for me. You know, I was, um, my father had given six months to live and he was a godly man. Um, and I just couldn't, couldn't make sense of it at the time. And uh, just the, the beautiful story of was that my, my father in those six months, you talk about the journey of salvation. I felt like, in that six months, every day I saw my father get closer to Christ. 
It was incredible. A man that was going through so much suffering seemed to be drawing closer to Christ and, and becoming more like Jesus every day to the point I was just, he was healed. You know, we were praying for physical healing, but he had spiritual healing. You know, people were coming in to, to encourage him, um, and, but he was encouraging them. They would come out with these smiles on their face, and I was just, it was just an amazing thing to see and watch. And the funeral was incredible, seeing people uh, just, you know, asking questions about Jesus. And I, I, and I just saw that, you know, story, and even just for myself to understand death and go through that process helped me have more compassion for others that have gone through that journey. Can I tell you, you can do all the theology, you can work on all, um, you know, the knowledge of suffering and um, trauma and all these things, but it's not until you go through it that you actually truly understand it. And so I think that God allows us to go through these things so we can help others. And can I tell you, as has really helped me walk with others and, and understand and have mercy and, and do the journey. You know, another uh, an example um, was for us was waiting for a child. You know, we've been very blessed. I know there are others in this church that are still waiting, and it's been a hard journey. Um, but for us, you know, and it doesn't even seem as long as others have gone through, but it took us four years to have Tom. And through that journey, it was so hard. You know, again, we can, we can read about patience. We can try and get all the knowledge, but it's not until you go through it that you realize, wow, God is, is teaching me and I'm having more patience through that and trusting. You know, you think you can trust, but once you go through those moments, you go, wow, I really didn't trust God. And He strengthens you and deepens your roots. And, and, and over that time, you know, we've been able to trust God more um, and we've been able to do the journey with others and I'm still doing the journey with others. But if I hadn't gone through these things... I wouldn't have, wouldn't have, you know, understood these character traits. You know, God has gone through all these things. You know, Jesus, a man, he's gone through so much suffering. He's had people spit on him and, um, and say all these things to him, and then they put him on a cross. He understands what we go through. And this is the world we live in. And so I want to encourage you, when you go through these things, don't run away. Don't be scared. Push in deeper to Christ. See what He's trying to teach you through those things. I, 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 and persevere. And I believe that God will change your character, become more like Christ. And I want to I come back to Jesus because Jesus was the guy that got tested the most. And anyone in Scripture, this is God. And to, before he even started his ministry, we see the ultimate test. We see in Matthew 4 when um, we see the devil tempting Jesus, putting him to the test. And I think this is important because I think we can learn a lot from this and how to respond and, and understand what's going on. Because I think Jesus often, what he does is to show us that these are the things that we're going to go through. And so we see is, um, it says that, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He was led by God into this place to be tested. 
And here we see him tempted by the devil. He was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. I don't know about you, but talk about the pressure of life on you when you haven't eaten for 40 days and you're out in the desert. He would have been at the lowest of lows in his flesh. And often this is where the true person comes out. This is where the true, um, you know, we can't hide. You're out of the comfort zone. And Jesus doesn't Jesus just responds beautifully. Amazing. And then we see the devil just tempting him and um, came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Do you know, I often think we have this picture of the devil uh, present in the moment like a person. I don't know if scripture says that. I don't know about you, but my experience with the devil is that he tempts me in my mind. And I think we forget that this is how the devil's, because Jesus is showing us this is what's going to happen to us in our journey. The devil is going to tempt you. He's going to continually tempt you, and this is what he does to Jesus. And, and why is he tempting Jesus? He's trying to find the weak point. He's trying to find Jesus' weak point. Can I encourage you? The devil is trying to find your weak point. And everyone's weak point in this room is different to each other. I can't tell you what that is, but I know. You, I think you know what it is. And he is going to get in that place, and he's going to put that in your mind, and he's going to tempt you, and he's going to... This is the test. And Jesus shows us how to respond. Jesus answered to... to to the devil, he says, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. What is he saying is, We need to stop listening to the devil's stuff that he, he throws at us and tells us we are part of God's family. We need to listen to what God is saying. Our Father, we belong to God's family. Too many of us are allowing the devil to speak in, and we believe it. We believe what he's saying. But Jesus says, don't listen to him. Stop letting him put doubt in your minds. Don't you remember what I said to you? Don't you remember that I love you, that I care for you? Listen to me. If you want to find life, find it in my words, not his. And we tell ourselves that it's us saying it. Can I tell you it's the devil? He's telling you. He's putting doubt in your mind. He's telling you that you're no good. You're worthless. That's, that's not, if, if it's not Jesus' words, it's the enemy's. That's not what Jesus says. You know, the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of eternal. You, if you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Let's not test God. You know, as we go through this journey, and we, as we're following Him, we're going through enough tests as it is. We've got to just trust Him. Trust Him through the process. And know, because, you know, God knows ahead of time where we are. You know, Job... The devil doesn't know. That's why God allowed Job to go through those things because God knew that Job would stand the test. God knew that. The devil didn't. And wow, what a story. Job stands the test, the steadfastness. And he was blessed more and more because of what he did. 
Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I'll give you, he said, if you bow down to me and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Again, how often the devil tempts us with the world, these things. Our careers, houses. We've got to, we, I know it's, it's hard because that's what the world desires, but that's the enemy. Jesus says, stop it. You're not going to find your fulfillment in those things. Focus your eyes on me. Focus only on me. You know, this, for some of us, I think we need to start telling the, de- the devil just to get away from me, Satan. I don't know about you, but you have this authority. God, we are part of God's family. And I picture um, when, I, when I see the Satan, it's like Goliath. And Goliath is putting so much doubt in the Israel army. And what will we see David respond with? How dare you, Goliath, defy the living army of God? This is the same response that we should have. This is the same response when the devil is trying to tempt us with these things that we tell him to get away. For too long we've allowed the enemy in our minds, trying to sway us away from God. And I want to encourage you that you don't belong to him. You belong to the Father. You belong to God. And I don't know about you, but He's the one that's got power. He's the one that's got incredible, his kingdom is incredible. Why do we listen to someone that's got no power? Maybe you're here this morning and as you're listening to this message, you know you've been put through the test. And you know that you're failing. You failed many, many times. Can I tell you, I failed. There are many tests that the enemy's thrown at me, and I failed. But what I love about God is His grace and His mercy, and how much He loves us, and how much He teaches us, and how He wants to come alongside us. Do not give up. Do not give up when your faith is being tested. Remember who you are. Remember who you belong to. Remember that you are a child of God. You can do it. Keep your eyes on Him. Focus on Him. Allow Him to change you. Allow Him and and give those things away. Tell the enemy to flee from you. Flee from Him. It's not too late right now. You can make that decision right now and go, you know what, I haven't given my whole heart to Christ. I haven't been following Him. I I thought salvation was just an event. Can I tell you, God wants to continue to save you every day. He's he's working in you. He's doing a process in you so that we become more like Christ every day. And as we do that, that is where the true freedom is. That's where the true joy is. That's when we walk in love and peace and patience and and, and confidence. If you're not feeling those things, maybe you've just veered off the path and guess what? God is, is just welcoming you back with open arms. He's never left you. Maybe you've turned your eyes away, but He's never left you. He's always been there. 
And so I want to encourage you this morning to really reflect and step back and ask yourself where you are at this journey. What tests have you been failing? Because you know what? It's time to start passing these tests. Start time to move forward. Stop looking in the past. And start taking out the cross and following Jesus. Because that's where true life is. Father, I just thank you that we can know that you're a, a God of mercy. You're a God of uh, grace. Like this, the words we sang before, you forgive. Even though that we fail you many times, even though we let you down many times, you still love us. And I just pray, Father, that it's time to, to, to really turn our eyes on you, to fix our hearts on you. And as we go through these, this journey, Father, this journey of salvation, I pray, Father, that we would continue to walk through these tests, that we would pass these tests, Father, and, and this is going to de- deepen our faith and make us stronger. And, and I pray as we do that, we're going to grow closer to you and we're going to walk more in freedom and, and have more of your love. I pray that we would listen to your voice, not the enemy's. I pray that we would speak with authority against the enemy. Just the mention of your name has power. I pray that we would speak your name against the enemy. In Jesus' name, amen.